Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. That's right. This train is building up ahead of steam each and every day that we are on. So what I want you to do is grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. This train is going to take you on a journey, turn some corners, and maybe pick up a few passengers along the way. So what do we have on tap for today's episode? Even I don't know that. So the best way to find out is tune in and enjoy the ride of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And we're about ready to get this train on the track. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. sound of the train building up ahead of steam. We are getting ready to roll down the track on a Monday after the playoffs, but at the same time there is a playoff game tonight. Rams versus Cart. But there's also some NFL news to get to because no one is immune from getting the axe, whether it be a coach or in this case general manager so let's just dive into this story right now let's get on the track hope you have your tickets hope you're on board hope you're strapped in and ready to take this journey so we're leading off with some as they call it breaking news as Less than two hours after reports surfaced that the Las Vegas Raiders were already requesting interviews with front office and head coach candidates, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network confirmed that Mike Mayock is out as general manager as the te- is out as the team's general manager. Mayock, 63, rose to prominence as a commentator on several networks, but particularly for his work as a draft analyst at NFL Network. He was hired by the Raiders ahead of the 2019 season, despite never holding a prior executive position in the NFL. During his time with the Raiders, Mayock found a new found a few late steals, including Pro Bowl pass rusher Max Crosby, 1,000-yard receiver Hunter Renfro, and undrafted center Andre James. However, the team's failures in the first round likely proved the his undoing. The Raiders had a trio of first-round picks in 2019 and spent them on Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram. Only Jacobs has played up to that billing thus far. In 2020, the Raiders used a pair of first-round selections to add receiver Henry Ruggs III and cornerback Damon Arnett. Ruggs was released in November after a high-speed DUI resulted in the death of a woman in Las Vegas. Arnett was released less than a week later after a video surfaced that showed him brandishing a gun and making death threats. Mayock was hired one year into John Gruden's second stint as the team's head coach. 
Gruden resigned in October after private emails were released that showed he made racist and homophobic comments in conversations with former Washington executive Bruce Allen. So Mike Mayock, as we see now, is out. However, Derek Carr has spoken up. That's right, Derek Carr. Derek Carr says Raiders interim coach Rich Basaccia, the right guy. Raiders may have lost in the first round of the playoff Saturday, but if you ask their quarterback, they also may have found their coach. When asked after the 26-19 loss to the Bengals without about interim head coach Rich Basaccia, Derek Carr had nothing but praise. We all think he is the right guy, Carr said, per Vic to four of the athletic. I have never seen a coach with the ear to the locker room like he has. Basaccia has served as interim head coach since week six after John Gruden's termination. The Raiders went seven and five in that time, including four straight wins to end the regular season. After a long start to his career in, college, in the college ranks, Basaccia got his first job in the NFL in 2002 as the special teams coordinator for the Buccaneers. He stayed with Tampa Bay until 2010 when he jumped to the Chargers, with whom he stayed for just two years before leaving for the Cowboys. After seven seasons in Dallas, Basaccia left to join the Raiders under Gruden, whom he coached under in Tampa Bay. He served as special teams coordinator and assistant head coach for three-plus seasons before being elevated to head coach. But since the general manager has been given his walking papers, you have to begin to wonder, what is the future of Rich Basaccia? Do the players have enough voice to sway ownership, management? Because usually when you bring in a new general manager, and the coach that's there isn't his coach. He usually tends to want to get his own coach. And there are some, as I started this session out, it said basically the Raiders were seeking permission to talk to general managers and coaches. So you wonder just how much of a voice the players actually have in this matter. Will they listen to the players? Derek Carr? The face of the team, the quarterback, the team leader. Is his voice strong enough to sway upper management, regardless of who the GM is? Or is this a situation, because it has happened, where ownership says, we're bringing in a general manager. Oh, by the way, the players have spoken. This is your head coach. So I will be keeping you up to breast as to what's going on with that situation. As these are some, I'll say uneasy times if you're in Raider Nation because you don't know if you're going to be looking at a new coach. And then if the general manager says, I want my own coach, who do you bring in? Who could be the man for the job? It would have to be someone that 
the players would act, would almost have no choice but to accept. And it could be a situation where a general manager comes in, has his idea who he wants as a coach, and who the general manager wants as a coach might not sit well with the players. Then they see, no, you have players wanting to be traded. So this has the potential of being a very fragile situation. So the Raiders most definitely have to do their due diligence and get this one right. And moving right along. Speaking of tonight's game, here's an injury report. Jimmy Garoppolo has sprained in his throwing shoulder. San Francisco 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is playing through a grade three sprain of the ulnar collateral ligament in his right thumb and chip bone and he committed a few regrettable errors during Sunday's playoff victory at the Dallas Cowboys that set up a matchup at the Green Bay Packers this coming Saturday night. It appears Garoppolo is dealing with another physical setback coming off Wild Card Weekend. According to Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk, San Francisco head coach Kyle Shanahan told reporters money that Garoppolo's sprained his right throwing shoulder in the second quarter of Sunday's win. Shanahan added he expects Garoppolo to practice Tuesday and that the sprain is considered a slight one. He had to play through some pain and stuff, but he ended up checking out all right, Shanahan explained, per David Bonilla of 49ers Web Zone. Garoppolo never exited Sunday's contest because of the issue and completed 16 of 25 passes 172 yards with no touchdowns and one interception against Dallas. Rookie Trey Lance is the next man up on the depth chart. But Shanahan has left zero doubt he's sticking with a banged up Jimmy G as long as the veteran is cleared by the team's medical staff. And since we're looking ahead, Forty Niners star. Big Bosa, Fred Warner, in danger of missing Packers game. San Francisco 49ers extended their postseason with Sunday's crazy win over the Dallas Cowboys, but they also sustained some injuries to their defensive front in the process. They now may head into next weekend's divisional matchup against the Green Bay Packers without stars Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. Bosa did not return to the field for the second half of Sunday's game after entering concussion protocol, while Warner re-aggravated an ankle injury in the fourth quarter and needed help leaving the field. With the game against the Packers slated for Saturday instead of Sunday, both players have one day fewer to recover from their respective ailments, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport said on Monday. San Francisco defeated Dallas in wild fashion on Sunday with the Cowboys' final drive of the game ending in part due to a technicality. Quarterback Dak Prescott did not allow a ref 
touch the ball before setting up for the next play. I've never seen that come down the way it came down as far as the collision between the umpire and the quarterback, Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy said after the game. As for the Niners, they now are ready to face off against another storied rival in the Packers. San Francisco and Green Bay have four wins each against each other in the playoffs over the history of the league. Niners most recently defeated the Packers in playoff play in January 2020 with a 37-20 victory that helped catapult them to a Super Bowl berth. And as you heard me allude to that wild finish between the Cowboys and the 49ers, 49ers hold off Cowboys after controversial final play call. Dak Prescott bumped with the official. So let's just look at this story right here. A game that featured two teams seemingly doing everything they could to lose ended in bizarre and controversial fashion as the San Francisco 49ers held off the Dallas Cowboys 23-17 in an NFC wildcard game on Sunday. Thanks to a San Francisco San Francisco false start on fourth and one. Dallas got one more shot to tie it or win the game with 32 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Quarterback that Prescott made multiple connections on the final drive of the contest, bringing up second and one at the Niners 40 line, 40 yard line with 14 seconds to go. Instead of going with the anticipated passing play, Prescott and the offense ran a quarterback draw, resulting in a chunk gain and bringing the ball inside the 25-yard line. Without any timeouts, though, the Cowboys were forced to rush upfield and attempt a last-second spike to stop the clock. They never ended up getting the final chance. Right, that never happened. Quarterback here. Prescott takes off running the football. Whoa, I don't think this is going to work out. It will. They'll be able to clock this. They were playing for it. It's down, down. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the official gets in the way. The game's oh over. Gosh. The game is over. Oh, he did. Oh, they're going to look at this. It's, it's going to be over because the umpire has to touch the ball. Of course, that's ridiculous for a game to end like that, Jim. Wow, I am livid if I'm a Cowboy fan and if I'm a Niners fan. That's the end of the game. The game is over. The game is over at San Francisco. Wow. What a wild and crazy finish to that game. All I can say is somebody in the Cowboys organization should have known better. Why did you call that play? The play call, along with contact Prescott had with the official, had scores of fans and media members baffled and shocked after the final whistle. Number six, San Francisco will take on top-seeded Green Bay Packers next weekend in the NFC Divisional Round. So, what I'm going to do right here, I'm going to go ahead, take a break, take my first break, and I will have some more for you when I come back. So, stay tuned. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, 
Anthony Smith. About a group of officials banding together. All it takes is for one guy to make a comment, and you have a group of officials that have band together to cast condemnation. What am I talking about? Well, if you remember the fiasco that was the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. You remember there were a group of fans throwing debris at the officials as they were leaving the field and even hit a Cowboys player, or at least a Cowboys player knew how to play baseball and batted it, batted the debris away. But Dak made some comments. Even I'm not too thrilled that he made those comments. Because up to this point, Dak has been one that has usually done the right thing, said the right thing. First one to show up to practice, last one to leave. Always in the film room, always studying. And I still think he's a pretty damn good quarterback, even though he falls short. And I'm going to get into that topic of discussion at a later time in day. Because I have one guy, he's my friend, he's my brother from another mother. We, his name is Rick Thomas. He has this show called Running the Table. And we have our differences on Dak. But I'm going to do a show and find out just how long it took even some of the great ones to finally get over that hump. But NBA referees condemn Dak Prescott over comments about throwing things at officials. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott either jokingly or seriously defended unhappy fans who supposedly tossed bottles and other items toward referees shortly after Sunday's home playoff loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones made it clear Monday he in no way supports such actions and a different organization criticized Dallas's QB1 on Tuesday. The official Twitter account for the National Basketball Referees Association hit out at Prescott and also asked the NFL to take action to discourage this deplorable behavior in the future coming off the events at AT&T Stadium on Sunday. NBA RA condemns the comments by Dak Prescott condoning violence against game officials. As an NFL leader, he should know better. We encourage the NFL to take action to discourage this deplorable behavior in the future. This is from the NBA referees at official NBA reps Twitter handle. 
it was initially thought at least some fans were responding to the defeat by throwing objects at Dallas players, and it's since been suggested anybody identified as one of the culprits could be banned from attending future games. And unhappy Jones told local radio station 105.3 to fan on Monday, there is just no place for such actions inside NFL stadiums. As Mike Florio explained for Pro Football Talk, Prescott hadn't yet walked back into his post-game comments as of early Tuesday evening. One wonders if either the NFL or the Cowboys will make him address the matter again at some point this week. So, that's how the NBA officials feel about it. Dak Prescott, meanwhile, on fans throwing beer bottles toward refs. Credit to them. Dallas Cowboys' questionable play call in the waning seconds of their 23-17 loss to the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday has put head coach Mike McCarthy squarely on the hot seat. The other half of the wild sequence that ended the playoff game had quarterback had Dallas had Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott being bumped by an official, resorting in the signal caller being unable to get off the final snap, get the final snap off. Whether it was the Cowboys' underwhelming performance, the baffling quarterback draw in the final moments, or the contact that the referee made with their favorite quarterback, Cowboys fans in attendance for the loss were furious toward furious afterwards. Those saying it was directed at refs, that would be equally awful. But fan who sent it to me said absolutely at players. And they were disgusted by it when I asked to absolutely make sure that was the case. And here is what that sounded like. If we can pull up that sound. sounds of bottles being played down toward officials as they were walking off and Demarcus Lawrence happened to have been walking through at the same time stuck up his helmet darn near hit a grand slam anyway some more tweets that went out about that like this Netflix and Will at Thrill J how about win the game you're supposed to win how about it's just sports be better human beings not that hard that was no Miranda Jr. at no Miranda Jr. Matt Kirby at Matt Carr Kirby Carr 47. 
anything as nine that happened to end that game was Mike McCarthy's fault. Buda Baker at Buda Baker 32. Thank you all for the prayers. I'm doing good. So those were some of the comments in regards to the flailing of the objects being thrown. Which, like I said, there is no you cannot condone that kind of stuff. So as the story goes, there appears to be some conflicting information on if the fans were throwing the beverages at the officials, players, or both. But when notified of what happened, Prescott had a notable take on the action. Here are some tweets. Mike Leslie at Mike Leslie WFAA. Dak Prescott, after first talking about the beer bottles that may have hit some Cowboys players, when informed that the beer bottles thrown by Cowboys fans were targeted at the refs, not the Cowboy players, he said, oh, well, credit to them then. Dak Prescott was given an opportunity in the final question of the press conference to back off his comment and rethink it. He passed. Mm, imagine that. He passed. Prescott finished the game 23 of 43 for 254 yards with one touchdown and one interception and added four carries for 27 yards and one touchdown. What will likely be talked about for days to come, however, is the final play and the fact that he's seemingly backing up fans hurling their drinks at the officials. So it remains to be seen if Dak is going to back down off of that statement. But I think it would behoove him to come out and retract that statement and do what he's always done. Do the right thing, say the right thing, and get at least some of your respect back. Come on, Dak. I credit you with being better than that. You you might not be the best quarterback in the NFL, but you have always seemed to have had your head on your shoulders. So I would expect Dak to come out and apologize for those statements. That's not the Dak I know. Like I say, Dak is usually one of the first ones at the facilities, one of the last ones to leave, always working on his game. Whether you, the fan, see it that way or not, has always said the right thing, hasn't said anything to spark controversy. Even if a player goes to court, he's there to back him up. So I would expect Dak to come out in the days to come to double down on that statement and give out some type of apology because Dak, you got to get your cred back, man. The old, the old people said like this. If your name isn't any good, then there isn't much good to you. Mike McCarthy on future is Cowboys head coach. He says, I don't have any concerns. Sunday's NFC wildcard game between the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers had everything. It featured penalties galore, a near monumental comeback, 
and a very controversial finish. In the end, the Niners became the first team of the weekend to pull off a road victory as they hung on by a final score of 23-17. With the win, number six San Francisco advances to face top seed Green Bay Packers next weekend in the NFC Divisional Round. Due to how the game finished and the questionable play call that the Cowboys drew up with just 14 seconds remaining in the contest, many on social media were immediately calling for Dallas head coach Mike McCarthy to be fired. The 54-year-old was asked how he felt about his job security following the loss. McCarthy's first year as an NFL head coach was in 2006 with Green Bay Packers. Team won the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2011 under Mike McCarthy, and he stayed with the organization until he was fired after Week 13 during the 2018 campaign following a 4-71 start. McCarthy had multiple interviews for NFL head coaching gigs in offseason going into 2019, but ended up sitting out the season. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania native, was announced as the Cowboys head coach in January 2020. Team went 6-10 last season losing starting quarterback Dak Prescott to a season-ending ankle injury in Week 5. Dallas finished 2021 regular season 12-5 and champions of the NFC East before falling to the San Francisco 49ers. And, yes, word has it, Stephen Jones has already said he expects Rocky to be their coach. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take another pause right here. And when I come back, I will have some more for you. So stay tuned. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. So stay seated. We'll be back. There's more to come. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. I want to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or hit me up at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com com to get your ad or sponsorship rant on this podcast. Once again, a train sports talk podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're listening to the A Train Sports Talk podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride.
segment. This last segment, devoted, it may take the whole body for a segment of the podcast. It's 30 minutes. Be that as it may, I am bringing you the started here. How about for starts? Grambling State flips former SEC player from Southern. Yep, just add to that Southern rivalry. Two months after stealing a win from the Bayou Classic, Grambling State has flipped a prized commitment from its rival to the South. Former Arkansas defensive back Devin Bush announced on Thursday that he was switching his commitment from Southern University to Grambling State. That announcement came less than 72 hours after he had committed to Southern University. After praying to the Most High and having long, exhausting conversations with my parents, I've made the decision to decommit from Southern University, Bush tweeted, on Thursday afternoon, I'll be committing to Grambling State University and Coach Hugh, along with his staff. The New Orleans native has three years of eligibility remaining as he joins the Tigers. Bush played at Edna Carr and was rated as a four-star prospect coming out of high school for the class of 2019. He was rated as the number 13 overall player in Louisiana, according to 24-7 Sports and was rated as the number 28 overall cornerback. Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Tennessee, Clemson, Florida State, Oklahoma State, and others offered Bush, but ultimately he signed with Arkansas in 2019. He played in five games as a true freshman that season. The six-foot, 200-pound Bush appeared in one game for Arkansas last season, had one tackle in three games played. Consider it another solid recruiting win for Grambling State in the Hugh Jackson era. And just one more thing to add to the rivalry between GSU and SU when they meet in the Bayou Classic this fall. In other news related to HBCU, How about Jackson State receives commitment from Texas A&M transfer? Jackson State just landed a Texas A&M transfer that was the number five inside linebacker in the nation coming out of high school. Antonio Doyle, a four-star recruit in 2020, according to 24-7 Sports, made his commitment Wednesday via Instagram. 
Have faith in whatever you do. Keep on moving forward. God will see you through. Thank you at Deion Sanders and at Coach Hart, JSU, wrote Doyle. In addition, in addition to being a top five inside linebacker, Doyle was the number 89 recruit overall, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. The St. Louis native originally committed to Missouri before ultimately signing with Texas A&M. The 6'3", 235-pound Doyle played in all 10 games in 2020 during his freshman year, primarily on special teams. During the 2021 season, Doyle played in eight games with his best effort being five tackles, 0.5 for loss against New Mexico. Doyle announced his decision to transfer on November the 4th. Earlier this month, JSU landed another linebacker in the portal with former Middle Tennessee State University linebacker Durante Davis announced his commitment. Jackson led all SWAC, led the SWAC. Jackson State led the SWAC in sacks and total defense in 2021 en route to the conference championship. So there's just more added to Deion Sanders and Jackson State University. Like I said, I have some who have said it won't work at the HBCU level. I think that theory can be proven wrong. You see not only what Jackson State is doing, now you look at what Florida and m University is doing. You look at what Hugh Jackson has been able to do since he's been there pulling in recruits. It can work. And you can't sleep on it. In more related news, how about Southern University Lyman is the latest to be invited to the Senior Bowl. That's right. Southern University Lyman Jatiri Carter is the latest player to be invited to the Reese's Senior, the Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Carter will play for the national team in the February 5th All-Star Game. Carter tweeted his gratitude for the opportunity on Wednesday evening and informal acceptance for the public. Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy tweeted a video of Carter from his opening game showing that he's been scouted all season long. The six foot five, 275 pounder announced in November that he wouldn't be returning for his senior season, opting for the NFL draft. Carter has already been invited to the 2022 NFL Combine. The redshirt junior led the way for Southern's 203 yards rushing per game in the SWAC last season. He was named second-team all-conference as well. Carter will also play in the East-West Shrine College Football All-Star Game on February 2nd in Las Vegas. Phil Steele named Carter his SWAC Offensive Lineman of the Year in his yearly FCS awards. Carter also recently signed with Young Money, APAA Sports, to represent him as a professional. So there is some news on the HBCU front. 
And now what I'm about to do, I'm about to go ahead and transition into some NFL talk. As this talk, well, let me just give you this one right here. Deion Sanders hints at two more Jackson State editions before National Signing Day. Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders already made plenty of noise during the early signing period, inking top-ranked player and cornerback Travis Hunter. Could there be more coming? With Hunter and top-50 recruit wide receiver Kevin Coleman, Tigers have two top-50 players. The recruiting class sits at number 110 in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. Sanders believes Jackson State is in position to add a couple more. I think it's two more, dogs. I think it's two more dogs out there that wants to join the at go JSU Tigers FB family on or before signing day. Sanders wrote in a tweet, we ain't done shaking up the country. There is a new normal. It's two more difference makers out there. And please know I ain't hard to find. Hashtag Coach Prime. Hashtag Swag Champs. Hunter flipped from Florida State during the early signing period, causing a shockwave nationally and leading to question on where Jackson State goes from here under Sanders' watch. I don't look two or three years from now. I take care of the present because if I don't, I'm going to miss the moment. We recruited up at every position we needed to recruit up, Sanders said last month on the Rich Einstein show. Rich Eisen show. We had some guys that weren't eligible last year that were better than the guys on the field this past season. I can't wait for America to see them. I have a 40-40-20 formula. 40% grad transfers, 40% in the portal, and 20% high school. And what we recruited is phenomenal. We recruited up at every position we needed. We needed hope in. I look for a better team on the state's smarter faster, and a lot more physical, although we led the nation in sacks. Many have appended on Jackson State potentially playing national title contenders within the Power Five ranks down the road outside of conference competition in the SWAC. Sanders is not sure that is a good idea at this point. The goal is to dominate where you are, not win, but to dominate where you are, Sanders said. Then you look towards down the line to scheduling some of those games. Right now, those games are a financial beatdown. That's what I call them. That's what some HBCUs choose to do. I'm going to go to these various schools, get my butt kicked, but I'm walking out there, out of there with seven hundred fifty thousand or a million dollars. That's not worth it to me. To me, that's the ultimate sellout to children. I know I'm not going to win. I'm going to lose three or four players to injury and you're going to humiliate my team and I'm going to have to build them back up the next week to try and win. That doesn't make any sense to me. So there you have words from Deion Sanders and what could possibly be on the horizon recruiting wise. Now let's look at some trade news in the NFL. Well, trade rumors. A proposed trade sees Cowboys dealing Amari Cooper to AFC contender. The Dallas Cowboys could be looking at possible blockbuster deal moving deal involving Amari Cooper. 
27-year-old wide receiver may be looking at his final days as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. The former, the four-time Pro Bowler remains one of the most highly compensated players in the game. In fact, Cooper's $20 million base salary with $2 million roster bonus is the highest among all receivers. However, his production isn't coming close to matching his contract. While Cooper remains productive, he has taken a clear back seat to second-year receiver C.D. Lamb in the pecking order. Lamb caught a team-leading 79 passes on 120 targets for 1,102 yards on a 65.8% catch rate. On the other hand, Cooper caught just 68 passes on 104 targets for 865 yards on a 65.4 catch rate. With three players, with three years and $60 million remaining on his deal, Cooper could be a realistic trade option this offseason. According to Bleacher Report's Michelle Bruton, the Cowboys could deal Cooper to the Kansas City Chiefs for a first-round pick, for a first-round draft pick in a possible blockbuster scenario. Kansas City Chiefs, or smack dab in the middle of the league when it comes to the salary cap, says Bruton. They have just under $23 million to play with presently. But this offseason, Kansas City will likely gain much more cap space. For instance, they have an out on Frank Clark's contract, which carries a 26.3 cap hit in 2022. Last, last offseason, the Chiefs were pushing to add a wide receiver in free agency. They missed out on Juju Smith-Schuster, Trent Williams, and Josh Reynolds. In 2021, Patrick Mahomes clearly made do with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hartman, and Byron Pringle. But if the Chiefs are still looking for help this offseason, this offseason presents a few chances. Dylan Cooper helps Cowboys' salary cap. Bruton explains why trading their second-best receiver to a fellow Super Bowl contender would pique the Cowboys' interest. It's simple. Trading Cooper after June 1st leaves the team with just $2 million in dead cap money. At the same time, they clear up the remaining $20 million in cap space. After the Dallas Cowboys' wild playoff exit to the Los Angeles Raiders, trade rumors surrounding Amari Cooper having started heating up, says Bruton. Those close to the team have suggested he'll be on the move this offseason. But the move would make sense. Cooper's 68 receptions for 865 receiving yards in 15 games was his lowest production since 2017. On the other hand, his eight touchdowns this season tie a career high. Cooper's salary, Cooper's salary will hit next year's cap to the tune of $22 million. But the Cowboys could clear $20 million of space and be left with just $2 million in dead cap by trading Cooper after June 1st. However, there is some more news. As the coaching carousel is already heated up and who's going to land where, nobody knows. How about... This news, if 
I can pull that up. Concerning Dan Quinn. But first, before we get there, how about let's run you back to Dak Prescott. Prior to the comments he made, Dak Prescott was the one who said the right thing, did the right thing. Even in the midst of criticism, he always found the right thing to say. Until it came to what he said about the officials getting stuff thrown at him. His response was, credit them for that, or something along those lines. Well, NFL announces severe punishment for Cowboys QB Dak Prescott. NFL has dropped the proverbial hammer on Dak Prescott for incendiary remarks he uttered following the Dallas Cowboys playoff loss to San Francisco. More specifically, the league levied a $25,000 fine upon the star quarterback. ESPN's Adam Schefter reported Thursday, January the 20th. Dak Prescott has been fined $25,000 for his post-game comments related to the game officials, per source tweeted Adam Schefter. Credit to them. This costly punishment was necessitated after Prescott directed his ire at the officiating crew that worked the Super Wild Card Weekend Contest. The 23-17 defeat ended on a controversial play during which umpire bumped into Prescott while he was attempting to spike the ball and stop the clock in the final seconds of the fourth quarter. Prescott, however, was unable to get the snap off due to the incidental contact, prompting those in the stands at AT AT&T Stadium to throw beer bottles and other debris at the referees as they scuttled to safety. Dak initially condemned the fans' action, but quickly and now controversial changed his tune when made aware they were attacking the Zebras rather than his fellow teammates. Credit to them then. Yeah, credit to them. Credit. Credit to them. Prescott said in his post-game press conference via Pro Football Talk before doubling down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they weren't at us, and if the fans felt the same way as us, and that's what they were doing it for, Yeah, Prescott said. I'm guessing that's why the refs took off and got out of there so fast. Yeah, I think everybody is upset with the way that this thing played out. As I said, I'm sure a fan would feel the same way that we did. However, since then, Dak has released an apology via Twitter. Prescott's comments came under fire from various sources, including the NBA referees. Association, which encouraged the NFL to take action to discourage this deplorable behavior in the future. Facing mounting backlash, Prescott took his personal Twitter account on January 18th to issue an apology. He says, I deeply regret the comments I made regarding the officials after the game on Sunday. I was caught up in the emotion of a disappointing loss, and my words were uncalled for and unfair. I told the NFL officials in the I hold the NFL officials in the highest regard and have always respected their professionalism and the difficulty of their jobs. The safety of everyone 
who attends a game or participates on the field of a sporting event is a very serious matter. That was a mistake on my behalf, and I am sorry. Cowboys brass sense has distanced itself from Prescott's wear public misstep, with team vice president Stephen Jones admonishing the fan base over the unfortunate incident. That's not the way I see our fans, Jones said Monday, January 17th on 105.3 The Fan. I think we're a class act. I just think there's no place for things like that. I understand being frustrated, but I don't understand throwing things onto the field where people can get injured. There's just no place for that. So, yes, Dak Prescott is feeling a little bit lighter in his back pocket. Now, on to the Dan Quinn story. I was at work earlier today, and I was talking to one of my co-workers who happens to be a Dallas Cowboy fan, who at times also happens to be anti-official. I, I can guarantee you 9.9 .9 times out of 10, if we ever talk about a Cowboys game, the first thing he's going to mention, did you see how the referees missed this call? How did the, the conversation? But anyway, beyond that. I made reference of what happens if a certain team in the division comes calling for Dan Quinn. Well, how about this? Cowboys' Dan Quinn to become new head coach in NFC East? Question mark. A nightmare scenario now exists in which the Dallas Cowboys lose renowned defensive coordinator Dan Quinn and are forced to face him twice a year. Per media reports, the New York Giants have requested permission to interview Quinn for its head coaching vacancy. No meeting has been scheduled as of yet. One of, if not the hottest head coaching candidates in the 2022 cycle, Quinn interviewed Denver with the Denver Broncos on Monday, January the 18th, and the Minnesota Vikings on January the 19th. He's scheduled to sit down with my, the Miami Dolphins on January the 20th, and the Chicago Bears on January the 22nd. Due primarily to his strong leadership qualities, Quinn 51 is widely considered the favorite to land in Denver, replacing Vic Fangio. He is a cultural, a cultural builder, NFL's network Tom Pelissario said of the former Atlanta headman on January the 15th. Took Falcons to the Super Bowl in his second season there. Also has worked previously with Broncos general manager, George Pat. So there could be a way to Denver based on this report here. Highly unlikely he ends up with the New York Giants. The Giants still haven't got a general manager in place just yet. So I doubt that, but that conversation did come up. If the Giants were, though, a really good, a big player in the Dan Quinn coaching search. Coaching search. I think this is something where Jerry Jones actually stepped in and see what he could offer Dan Quinn just to stay on as a defensive coordinator. Now, what I'm about to say might be a little bit far-fetched. But I can't see Jerry Jones in whatever state of mind he's in letting 
whether it be Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore, go to a team within the division. One thing you have to remember is Mike McCarthy is not a Dallas guy. Kellen Moore, on the other hand, he is a Dallas guy. He was drafted by Dallas out of Boise State. He played briefly. He's put on the uniform. He's played in the game, albeit preseason game. I don't think he got to touch any regular season game. Injury cut his career short. He ended up with the coaching gig. Same team, Dallas Cowboys. And yes, he's a high commodity too. Sometimes I wonder because I've seen some of his play calling to me, which was suspect, suspect. But his name keeps coming up as a hot commodity. If the Giants came calling for him. I'm pretty sure Jerry Jones would be like, hold it. You can't let that happen. I'm pretty sure there would be substantial raises. Or it would not surprise me if Jones pulled the act on McCarthy. Think about it. If Jones was willing to part ways with Jimmy Johnson, Mike McCarthy in the speck in the bucket compared to what Jimmy Johnson is. So yes, we will. I will be keeping a close eye on these coaching moves and what interest they have in both Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. But what I'm getting ready to do now, I am getting ready to bring this train into the station. Glad I could get this podcast out to you. Hope you are enjoying it. As much as I'm enjoying it. And I'm going to leave you on this note right here. Starting this Saturday, it will be the debut of the halftime show. What is the halftime show, you ask? I am going to give you a sneak preview of what the halftime show is. I hope you're ready for it. Because you, the listener, will be able to vote on who brought it and who didn't. But the halftime show will be debuting this Saturday. So let me just give you a little sneak peek as to what you can expect from what's called the halftime show. So, here we go, right here. 